Hello, all you knife nuts out there and political people. I guess I'll say that for last. Welcome to the 91st episode of the Knife Journal Podcast. My name is James Noka. I'm with my my fellow knife nut extraordinaire, Kyle Verstig. We are here to share a little bit of our lives with you today. Yeah. Well, what's new? Uh, well, the Denali's are getting made as I speak. Um, they're, uh, yeah, they're, I guess, I haven't seen a picture of one yet, so, but I'm sure that they'll be next to perfect. Um, they, uh, they just showed up at the shop uh, this morning. All the handles and the sheets are already done, uh-huh. and uh, they're just assembling them and and grinding them. So hopefully everything will be uh, copacetic, and they should be available on Monday. Cool. Monday, Tuesday would be my guess. And then the then we got the Shenandoah coming right behind that, and then the uh, the canoe knife right after that. So we got that going on. All right. Um, I got a. Uh, I've been getting like bombarded by uh, emails from uh, uh, all the all the knife companies from the Shot Show because this is the time of the year that they uh, turn a lot of stuff new loose and um, things that they're that they're working on they've been working on and and they launch a lot of new products here um, and I just got an email. From a company that I have never heard of before, and they're building a, a folding knife that was I thought was kind of interesting, and I cannot find the damn email right now. But besides that, um, Shot Show is coming up right now. Um, that's that's uh, next week. Um, so a lot of people are actually out of the office all this week. Mm-hmm. Well, Getting that's good. That. Yep, that's good for everything. And then uh, let's see what else. Um, winter hit us with a vengeance. Yeah, we've um, got a little over a foot of snow here. I think. Yeah, yeah, we got a foot. Um, I think we got a foot yesterday. But it was hmm. kind of light and fluffy though. It was not uh, <clears throat> was not real thick, heavy snow like we normally get. But it was. It definitely was a little bit of a surprise. I didn't think we were going to get that much of it. But because hmm. I had plowed, I had plowed a foot of snow in the morning, and then ended up with another foot of snow by the evening. And <laughs> I have not plowed yet. I got to go plow it. Yeah, we've had uh, lots of. I think we had like five inches in two minutes. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, I think I posted a photo of it on Facebook. Uh, one minute our drive was clear. And then five minutes later, there was like five inches of snow in, on the ground or something crazy. It's wild. Yeah. That is just wild. I know it's it's funny how when it, how it happens, it it just absolutely dumps, you know, and people don't realize it. I know a lot of our listeners are from the south and stuff. They they get one inch of snow and it shuts down their cities. And yeah, there's no ill effects. We can get a foot <laughs> of snow and nobody bats an eye. No, no. 
Now, I'll tell you what we do have that's, that's, that's bad is, uh, we got a little taste of that the other day was, uh, we had some ice on the roads. And, yeah. uh, and, you know, because we're used to driving in the snow, you do have some kind of traction in the snow. Right. Um, but boy, when it's glazed ice, you don't have any traction at all. So we end up with a lot of people that, that, uh, decide that they still want to go fast in the snow and they, they hit that ice and they're out. Yep. I, I have to report that I am very satisfied with the performance of my, uh, Bridgestone Blizzax. Yeah. Uh, I've gone through a, a full foot of snow, but what happens in that car of mine is there's like four inches of ground clearance. Right. And so I end up, it feels like you're riding in a boat. Right. Because it just planes on top of the snow. Right. <laughs> yeah, that'll be, that'll be interesting when we really get snow. Yeah. This is, this is just, uh, Warm up, I suppose. Yeah, this isn't even anything. I mean, to be honest, uh, the snow that we're getting is not what's called system snow. All we're oh, yeah, we're just getting a little lake, bit of lake stuff. effect stuff, you know, and that stuff is a little bit lighter and a little bit more, um, it's more fluffy, I guess. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't, like when those big, huge systems blow through, I mean, we oh. get, we get like four or five inches of rain. I can't imagine what that translates into in snow. Oh, yeah. 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 It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. And, and you know what? I don't know if we're going to get horribly cold because, uh, right now the lake should be, you know, getting this started and freezing over. And I, I went over the bridge yesterday and the Mackinac Bridge yesterday and there was a uh, very little bit of ice on the, on the water. And it was only on the, uh, western side of the bridge. You know, on the eastern side, there was nothing. So, yeah. You know, we're, and usually the straits freeze over pretty early. Uh-huh. But it wasn't at all. Um, so I'm planning on going camping this weekend. Oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm, you know what, I, uh, I'm going to do an overnight um, out west of my house uh, a little ways. I'm going to take the snowmobile and... And head out back there. I've got to watch a um, a young lad uh, for the day, and then I'm going to haul him back up to the house. But I'm going to go back out there um, and do one of those uh, mental cleansing evenings, you know, where you you're by yourself all weekend. Uh huh. And uh, not all weekend, but all night. <clears throat> and it's always fun when you're when it's uh, you know 20 degrees or 10 degrees outside and Got a nice crackling fire and yeah, you know, just good to clear the brain a little bit. Yep, I'm gonna this weekend uh, is gonna be family ski weekend number one. Yeah, the uh, my oldest had ski lessons during the week and she's good to go, and then my wife and two younger ones are gonna go for lessons this weekend, and uh, I'm gonna get my old boards out and. Go to work. <laughs> we went uh, cross-country skiing last week. Uh, that was kind of an interesting evening. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, you know, my idea of cross-country skiing, I guess, and the idea of cross-country skiing at a resort is a two different things. Uh-huh. Um, we went to a, uh, um, a place called Nubs Knob, which is a really yeah, nice Yeah, that's, that's over nice by Harbor resort. Springs, right? Yep, yep, yeah. exactly. And they had an evening of skiing with, uh, with hors d'oeuvres afterwards, you know. So I go, and 
Kathy and I both have been cross-country skiing for quite some time. Uh-huh. I mean, but we don't go to a resort. We go into the woods. Right. And I've always been uh, like, eh, you know, I've been kind of lukewarm on the cross-country skis because, you know, you go in the woods and you got, you know, a couple feet of snow and it's oh, it seems like it's just easier to put on snowshoes and it seems like you can cover about the same amount of distance when you have those kind of conditions. Um, but, you know... I wanted to go and, you know, have a, try to have a good time doing it instead of using it as a mode of transportation. So what they have is they have a, um, a beginner's area uh-huh. where they give you, a, you, you know, some kind of instruction. Uh-huh. And then they have an advanced area where they give them some kind of instruction. And then you go out on the trail. And, uh, the night that we went was one of those evenings where, the uh, uh, it had been warm and cooled off, so there was a nice. The snow was hard and slippery, very, very like icy. And cross country skis are not necessarily made to go on ice very well. Very difficult to to control them. Uh-huh. And and so, needless to say, um, I was on my ass more than anything else. You know what? Hang, hang on a second. I gotta let this damn dog out. Okay. Bark River Knives offers the best combination of ultra-modern CNC components and old-world craftsmanship. All Bark River Knives are hand-convex ground and sharpened to perfect cutting geometry for the task they are designed to perform. Bark River Knives are available through our authorized dealers. actually have a knife related question for you okay sure okay um i know nothing about throwing knives right like absolutely nothing right uh so like if you were let's talk about designing one from the ground up all you want to do is have fun you don't want to like have it do anything but be able to throw it and stick into a board or what have you mm-hmm. right so like how so let's talk about like blade length uh, where you want the balance to be in relation to the handle, like how thick the steel is, uh, stuff like that. Um, you know what? You absolutely caught me in a in a realm that I'm not very familiar with. Um, Mike at Bark River actually made a set of throwing knives. And he sold them so fast, I never even got one. Hmm. <clears throat> and maybe this is a good topic for research. Yeah, because you know, there's there's uh, there's an American, I, th- I believe it's called the American Knife Throwers Alliance. Uh huh. And uh, hang on a second. Because I think if you had a knife that was really well balanced, and you learned how to do it with that, you could adapt that technique to just about any knife. Right. Um, well, the problem is that they're made. They they're they're not, they're not made like a knife. No, I know they're not. But I think the the idea would be um, to 
get decent with something that's actually meant to throw and then be able to translate that set of skills into a you know a similar actual knife well the the problem with the knives is they're different than a regular knife i know they're, they're like they're a point weighted heavy to the point and their their points are a lot more sturdy and yeah i um, think i think, I think you it's could a do good a, way to i think it's a good way just to break your knife to I, be honest well i think so i i did find this uh American Knife Throwers Alliance, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm not advocating throwing knives or any of that. I just, it'd be kind of fun to have one to kind of throw at a oh, log in the backyard listen, or whatever. Listen, you know? throwing knives are fun. Yeah, that's all I'm talking guys, about. Guys it's that not... do that, um, that uh, they they have like competitions. Uh-huh. And, uh, and they throw at, tar- you know, wood targets and make them stick and stuff. And, that, and that's fun to... It's fun to do that. I mean, I've thrown tomahawks and axes, uh-huh. and um, you can actually take a double-bitted axe and throw it relatively well, even if it's not a throwing axe, as long as it's sharp. Uh-huh. Um, but the but the throwing knives, they're a little bit different. They're they're balanced so that they're, and I don't even know if they're balanced so that they're tip heavy. I would think they would be tip heavy, but but maybe not. Maybe it's a they're oh. they're like balanced in the center line. And, you know, you've got to count, you know, you got to throw it in such a way that you can count how many times it throws before it sticks. Okay, so here's what they say I found on the American Knife Throwers Alliance page here. Uh, first of all, I like to tell beginners that you need three things in a quality throwing knife. You need length for control. It will help if it is center balanced and it needs weight for penetration. A good rule of thumb is to use the formula created by knife throwing legend Harry K. McEvoy. Harry felt that a knife should weigh approximately one to a one to one and a quarter ounces per inch of length. A knife that is at least twelve inches in length, and I'm assuming that includes the handle, will be easier to control because the length uh, with with uh, the length with which makes it turn over slower because length will aid you in achieving a better grip. Uh, I don't know. The grammar is funny here. Mm-hmm. A center balanced knife will be more stable in flight and will allow you to throw the knife by either the handle or the blade. A knife made with the above uh, McEvoy formula will have sufficient weight for penetration, which is crucial to being able to actually make it stick to the target. Most good throwing knives should be somewhat pointy and they do not need to be extremely sharp. Uh, right. Even throwing Bowie knives need do not need to be sharp. Uh, they only need to be pointy. Um, and then he talks about some custom throwers and to buy the best one you can afford. So anyway, I, I'll do some more research on that. I kind of want to make one and throw it at a stump in the backyard or something, you know. I think that'd be well, fun. Well, I know, I know they're fun. I know Mike, when Mike made his, um, they were... They they were gone in like sixty seconds. They they seriously they they sold out really fast. Hmm. And and so that was a uh, you know it was one of those things that I don't know if you'd want to make another make another you know a, a, a guy that's really good at it is Bobby Branton. I gotta let this guy back in. Hang on. Yeah, Bobby Branton is one of the one of the um, uh, one of the new promoters for the. American Knife Throwers Alliance. Yeah, it says that it says on here that Harry uh, McEvoy turned it over to Bobby uh, Branton. Yep. 
in '95. Yep. 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 And he's and he can throw. Whew. Oh, I bet. Yeah, they have yeah. supposedly they have a YouTube channel. So if you guys are interested in looking at this, it'd be uh, www.akta-usa.com. And that's the uh, site for these folks. I think I'm going to look at some of that stuff. It would be fun to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I know it has absolutely zero like real-world use and all this, but I like knives, and I like having fun with knives, and that's yet another way to do it. Yeah. No, that, and you know what? There's, I mean, and for all of the naysayers about that, I think I, think I had heard that there was one – there, yeah, um, actually, there is one confirmed kill with a, a thrown knife in Vietnam, right, and right. that's that's actually legit. Yeah, but but I think that's the only one. As a, yeah. as, a as a tactic, you know, I don't know. It's yeah, it's it's but, not it's not useful. But as a as something fun to do, yes, it yeah, is a it's, lot of that's fun. all I'm talking about. It's just fun to have. It's like darts. Only you can have a knife. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, you know what else? Went and saw that movie. Speaking of throwing knives and throwing tomahawks and all that crap, uh, the Revenant. Okay, dude, I cannot tell you enough that you really seriously need to go see that movie. Right. I mean, do not wait for it to come out on uh, on DVD. What you got to watch it in a theater. It is very, very well done. Um. Whether or not they follow the story to the letter is uh, actually they don't, but you get a pretty good idea of how how tough this guy was. Harold Harold Gla- Hugh Glass Hugh Glass was his name, uh-huh. and he was he was mauled by a bear and left for dead by his compadres, mm-hmm. which one of them was Jim Bridger, the famous mountain man Jim Bridger, mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, it's about his story where he pulled himself 200 miles, crawled with a broken leg, set his own leg, had had um, uh, crawled 200 miles to the fort that they were heading toward uh-huh. through the wilderness. Now, in in real life, I believe it, he did it. It was in the spring or the summer or maybe the fall, but it wasn't the winter. In the movie, they show him doing it in the wintertime, which... You know, I guess maybe it was easier to film in the wintertime. I don't know. You know, maybe the you know the snow covers up the roads or something or the trails. But they uh, they did a really really good job. Um, I guess it was nominated for half a dozen Oscars. Yeah, but, and I, I like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yep. Um, yep. He uh, after uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman died, he became my uh, favorite modern actor. Well, he literally has um, <clears throat> maybe three lines in the movie, <clears throat> so you won't like that. But yeah. he does he does grunt a lot and uh, um, and growl and that kind of stuff. He, he, uh, did he and, eat and, a bunch of beans too, or and scream and scream? You know, I mean, he, <laughs> I got but I got to tell you, it was it was very very well done. I mean, uh, it was it was riveting. The movie was. Fairly long. I, I don't want to say it was three hours long, but it was like two and a half hours long. Mm-hmm. Fairly riveting, and um, but it was it was really 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 done well. Good. I'll, I, I'll, my I'll wife loved it. it. She thought it was uh, she thought it was fantastic. Cool. Yep. And uh, 
And so there was some knife makers in there too. Um, ML knives uh, was made. It was kind of funny because I I um, took a uh, come on shut up. I took a uh, picture and I photoshopped a, an American knife in the in it into it and was laughing about it and stuff. And one of the uh, of course some of the naysayers are like, oh you photoshopped that. I was like, yeah really. You're you're exactly right. I did because <laughs> I don't think they had paracord in the back in those days huh. but they um uh it brought up that oh well i know the family that made the that made the knives and the sheaths in there well come to find out there's actually was like three families that made knives and sheaths in there cool and uh yeah so it's I, i'd like to have seen more i'd like to have seen more but, yeah uh you know more knife makers make more knives and stuff in there and uh and have them showcase them a little more but yeah. But it's, you know, if yours, it brings out your inner mountain man, there's no doubt. Yeah, there's a couple movies along those lines that I can recommend. Um, one is a Charles Bronson movie with uh, Lee Marvin uh, called Death Hunt that's mm-hmm. about a trapper. Uh, and actually, the trapper was a real guy, and I have a book, a couple books on it. Um, and it was fascinating to see because they, after they actually captured the guy, they took an inventory of what was like in his pack mm-hmm. and he had one of those trapper Nelson packs, which I have an original, like a yeah. real one. And, uh, the stuff that he carried in there was like exactly the exact same stuff that over years and years and years of doing stuff, I figured out that you actually need. And this guy like knew all of it. I mean, he, the, the main thing he carried was he carried a one, a good thing of whatever he needed, but then he had lots and lots of stuff to repair all of that. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's, he, and he, he didn't have much on him. I mean, the guy was traveling really light, but he had the ability to repair everything. So he didn't have five pairs of pants. He had one, but patches to repair it and two pairs of snowshoes. He had one with, you know, stuff to repair it. So. Anyway, kind of a yeah. That's that's what you have to do. Yeah, that's it's what you have to do. Really, really neat. Uh, really, really neat um, uh, to to read that book and and see how he did things and but the that movie is great with Charles Bronson. I don't know how mm-hmm. you can beat that and Lee Marvin and a bunch of other people are in it. Yeah, there's a what's the black guy's name that's in that? He's really good. It's too. Uh, yeah, Apollo Creed. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he played in another one with uh, Force Ten from Navarone. Yeah, he was well. He was in a ton of good movies. That guy, he was awesome. I liked him a lot. Um, hang on a sec. My phone's ringing. I gotta go figure out what that is. I'll be right. right back. Hey, Mr. Bartender, please don't be so slow. I got time for one more round and a six pack to go. All right, back. You there? You back? Yeah. Okay. I got rid of that damn dog that's bugging me. Huh. <clears throat> Not a big deal? Uh, no. It was some. It was actually somebody calling uh, Gretchen, so... Oh. 
Yeah, ML knives supposedly made some of the knives for the movie. Uh-huh. And then, uh, where the hell else did the... What ended up happening is I posted it like three different places, and so people responded in different spots. Okay. And, and uh, so I got the names of the of the families. One of them was uh, a a couple that their knives are called Harmony Couple Harmony Couples Knives. Bud and Trudy Smith. Um, they apparently made made some of the knives. I mean, it's kind of interesting because when they when they leave him for dead, they take all of his stuff. They, yeah. They take his rifle, they take his pack, his possible bag, all that shit. And what ends up happening is they 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 kill his son. Well, in real life, apparently, he didn't have a son, so they were just trying to figure out how the hell he survived. Right. And, uh, and so what he did was uh, he took his son, had a little neck, packet that had a small knife in it and some fire starting stuff and that's how that's how he was able to get started surviving okay so and he so they left they left that on the kid but they did not uh they took all his stuff so but like i said it was an extremely well done movie uh very entertaining now another one that i i'm gonna trash talk was uh the hateful eight oh i'm not even gonna go see that that was the worst movie I think I've seen in a, in a long, long time. It was absolutely worthless. I don't even know why you of, went. I don't even know. I, uh, you know, we were. I, part of it was I think Kathy was home, and she wanted to do something, and we had seen Star Wars. I'd just as soon see Star Wars again, and uh, so we um, we went and we sat down, and she realized it was going to be three hours, and then that was it was like, oh, now it's. And it was the I'll never get that three hours back. It, it was it was terrible. I it was the it was terrible. You know how even a even a poor movie will have some sometimes some kind of redeeming quality. Yeah. This had none. Huh. This had zero redeeming qualities. Hmm. And uh, um, to make matters worse, uh, the acting was terrible. Huh. The the um, uh, the storyline was terrible. It was it was like you had a like a a child that had sang a, a a beautiful song at one point in his life, and then his voice changed and he became a frog. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's it's a it's an asshole that made a great movie in Pulp Fiction. And has been like resting on that laurel ever since, hmm. because I don't think he's made a, a, a decent movie since. Huh. And this was it. This was it for me. I, I'm not. I'm done giving him chances. I, I'm not going to go and watch another Tarantino shitty movie again. Huh. <clears throat> but <laughs> well, but that's that's enough of my I, I movie think, reviews. Well, I think uh, I think one of the. I mean, I just wasn't going to go see it because the guy's been on a tear lately. Yeah, he, you yeah, know, there was, and then, and all then kinds of shit, that you know. It. It's like talking yeah. about gun violence and how it's all bad and it's the fault of the gun and how cops are all evil and stuff. And meanwhile, yeah. like, how did he make all of his money? Yeah. Every single penny. He has never made a movie that wasn't tremendously violent, 
with all kinds of gun violence, sword <laughs> violence, you name it. Like, but you know, if if you notice something, uh, most of the most of the movies are about bad guys who win. Yeah, <laughs> that's who, the that's the other problem. Exactly, who win? And then on top of that, it's like they don't. I mean, man, I remember the first time I saw Reservoir Dogs, and I thought what they did to that police officer was hideous. Yeah, you know, and it's like what kind of a sick fucking puppy. Uh, put something out like that. That's disgusting on any level. I don't give a shit if the guy was a cop or not. Yeah. It's just freaking sick on any level. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I. Yeah, so beyond that, that was. Well, so then again, like the thing I say is like, well, he. <laughs> I, I probably wouldn't have gone to it in the first place. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I shouldn't have. I really, I shouldn't have. I, there was better things I could have been doing. Huh. It could have been better. Oh, um, breaking news. Actor Dan Haggerty passed away. Is that true? Is he Snape? No, he's uh, Grizzly Adams. Oh, yeah, that, that, that is true. He passed away? Yep, he did. Well, that's too bad. He was He was a... Kind of an interesting fellow. Yep. Yep. Made that uh, great uh, movie, Grizzly Adams, and all that. And yep. 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 And then the other fellow, that what was his name? Uh, did uh, he? He played uh, a couple bad guys, and yeah, he played. It was the guy that played Snape, and he yep. also played the bad guy in uh, Die Hard, I think. Right. Correct. Yeah, he was really good. He was a good actor. Mm-hmm. I liked him a lot. He, you know who he, he played the bad guy in uh, Quigley Down Under. I didn't see that. Shut the front door. <laughs> I did not see that. Oh, movie. for the love of God! Huh? You need to go see that. No, you need to rent that. Don't you have you have? Did you ever get uh, Netflix I have, or? Yeah, I have Netflix. It's I think it's on Netflix. Huh. That's a that's a great movie. It's a freaking, there's funny parts in it, hilarious parts in it. Good, good, actually fairly family, could be called a family movie. If it wasn't for the fact that he was shooting people at a thousand yards. Huh. But well, besides that, that it's a, it's definitely a good versus <laughs> Yeah, besides evil. the fact that he like shoots people in the head. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a good versus evil movie though. There's yeah. no question about well, it. It's a, it's a pretty good, good versus so evil. So, just in general, one of the things that I think has been somewhat missing from uh, modern movies and television is that concept of there are good guys and bad guys. Yeah. You know? And, like, even though, you know, like, one of my absolute favorite television shows of all times is Sopranos, mm-hmm. they're all bad guys. You right. know, there's not a good character in that whole show. They're all right. flawed characters. Um, but, you know, they all fall apart <clears> in the end. But, uh, you know, it's... Anytime a movie comes out with, like, a, you know, good guy, bad guy thing, I, I kind of like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's funny because Star Wars is like that. Yeah. Um, if you look at TV from the 60s, it was always like that. Yeah. All of the TV shows were like that. I mean, it didn't matter what they were, whether it was Dark Shadows or or uh, um, Star Trek. It didn't matter. There was always a, a right and a wrong going on. Yeah. Well, 
I, I will say that uh, I, I did like Dallas, and my favorite character on Dallas was JR. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So maybe I'm a little, maybe I'm a little uh, hypocritical on that, but <laughs> oh well. So well, no, I, confess, I think that like, I think that they, uh, I think I'm not sure why they, unless it's all part of that, you know, let's change America for into something else. Huh. You know, the whole um, lowering our moral standards and that kind of stuff. You know, maybe that that's all has part of it. I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, well, what else do you know about knives? Uh, I do know that um, I got a couple new pieces. What did you get? I don't know if I I don't know if I talked to you about these or not. I got a um, uh, a LT right. Knife. Yeah, I think, I think we I talked, talked about. about this yeah, we talked about we talked those about on the podcast time. actually. Yep. Um, so yes, then that's. Uh, let's see what else do I, did I get. Nothing. Hmm. I don't, it's after Christmas, you know. Everybody's reeling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, here's some knives in the news. So everybody likes uh, the concept of Florida man. It's like the, uh, you know, so you have like uh, Captain America and Superman and, you know, superheroes, right? Well, there's mm-hmm. this thing like Florida Man, because every time, just do a Google News search sometime for Florida Man, and it's always this, it's always something crazy, like he robs a Waffle House uh, with a live alligator or something, you know, <laughs> like, it's always just crazy stuff, so... For all you Florida Man fans, here's a Florida article involving knives. And it was posted yesterday. Video shows student pulling knife at Leon High School. (laughs) Um, And they have like a little video and says, Video is circulating on social media that shows the frightening moments surrounding a student pulling a knife on another student at Leon High School earlier this week. We've chosen to blur the students' faces. And so they're going to arrest him or whatever. Um, Yeah, they arrested him, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, Knives and Florida Man. Um, So the one that I have was kind of funny was uh, the alleged robber and store owner duel with knives. I saw that one too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Okay, this is in Massachusetts. uh, A fella... um, going to rob a store, and lo and behold, he pulls out a knife, and the guy that owns the store or working behind the counter pulls out his knife, and they go mano a mano. Yeah, an actual During duel. the struggle, the owner, the owner managed to knock the knife out of the suspect's hands at the same time dropped the knife he was holding, police said. <laughs> huh. Oh, my God. So that was uh, that was kind of an interesting one. Huh. Um. What else? What else is going on in the in the news? So here you want a, a funny uh, a, a funny Florida man article. What's that? Okay, so this is just an if you just do a Google news search every single day, you'll find something like this. Florida man arrested after using wife as a human mop following argument over sandwich. <laughs> so I've done that. I've done that with, with some people before. Yeah, but not your wife. After she wouldn't fix you a sandwich or something. No. Uh, I do have a I do have a mop up story though that I'll tell you about. That is absolutely hilarious. Yeah. 
and it was it was one of our officers, and I won't I won't say who it is. <clears throat> Arrest this guy for drunk and disorderly, and uh, he was an, he was like one of those real assholes. Uh huh. So he uh, has to go to the bathroom. So they're book back in the day. Um, our guys used to book everybody in. Uh-huh. Now the now the jail does it all. So, um, so he says, uh, "I got to go to the bathroom." And this one of our officers says, uh, "Just wait a minute, I'm almost done." Uh-huh. And I, he says, "I'll take you when you're, you know." And he's like, "No, I got to go right now." He's like, "Seriously, just wait a minute." He's like, he stands up and he freaking turns around and whips it out and pisses on the floor. <laughs> and the guy that. Um, the guy that was uh, the officer that was booking him in was not a man to be trifled with <clears throat> at all. So he literally, you know, the guy was laughing. He thought it was all cute and shit, you know. And he got picked up by the back of his neck and the, and his belt and thrown onto the piss spot and literally mopped up the floor with him. With his with his clothes, okay, and you know it was a it was one of those alcohol induced pisses, so it was fairly substantial. substantial. <laughs> yeah, but then you had to put him in the car and drive him back. No, 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 no. This is this is in the jail, huh. okay. So this is where it gets the best. So he basically what happens when you go into the slammer, you, you lose all your clothes, and they give you an orange jumpsuit to put on. Uh huh. So he literally mopped up the floor with this guy. And his clothes were just covered with urine. And oh, he says, okay, now strip. And he basically stripped, put everything in a plastic bag, tied the bag up. He was doing 90 days. Huh. Guess what clothes he wore to leave? Those. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe it? That's great. He wore, he wore his, his orange jumpsuit for 90 days. And then when it came time to leave, here you go. Give me your orange jumpsuit. You got to put these on. Oh, Can't it wait for? Cl- nope, you're out right now. You either go out in the street naked or you put these on. Ah! Jeez. It was freaking awesome. It was freaking awesome. But uh, I don't know. Besides that, did you watch the debate last night? I watched a little of it. I fell asleep. I I've been working my butt off lately. I'm really wore out. I just haven't been able to. Get to stay up. You want to go? Do you want to go on that uh, uh, Michigan bushcraft um, weekend? What's that? I think it's next weekend. What is it? It's a little get together on uh, in the Huron National Forest. How far away is it? It's about I think two hour drive. Maybe. I'd kind of rather ski. (laughs) It's a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Friday, Friday, basically Friday night, Saturday night, and leave Sunday. Maybe I, I'll send you. I'll send you the link. It's yeah. um, it's a group on Facebook. The the uh, hang on a second. I'll send. I'll send you the link. Oh, okay. Yeah, but they they do some stuff, you know. Yeah, it's a it's a bushcraft type group, you know. That's all Michiganders, and uh, they're gonna, you know, they all. All like-minded type people, you know. It's kind of a kind of a, a fun uh-huh. a fun group of uh, guys. I'm not. Uh, I'm. I don't know. I I don't really bushcraft though. You know what I mean? Like, 
I don't I don't know what that means, so I guess I don't. Well, I I to me it means like whittling shit. I guess. I don't know. It's ill to define, and plus we're not supposed to use that term because somebody copyrighted it. Oh. <laughs> push, 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 push. We're, we're not supposed to talk about that anymore because it's actually, there's a trademark on it. So. Yeah, but I don't think that that's really enforceable. Do you? Well, I don't want to spend the money to defend it. Uh, anyway, what else is new? Um, I don't know. Kind of one of those dead days today, you know, just... Oh, I got my bombardier running. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that's... I'm going to start skidding some logs with that. Um, you Have you seen that? You Did you see video? Maybe I didn't even post a video of it. I thought I did. Um, a while back, we were out... Had to replace the oil pump in it and... Got it running, got it tuned up, and she is running like fine. We put a Reese hitch in the back so I can put a, pull a trailer behind it, and uh, I can put a pull a big sleigh behind it, I guess, if I wanted to go into the woods. And cool, yeah, yeah. Just got a. This is this is kind of funny. People who know engines will understand this. So it's got a Chrysler industrial engine in it, okay? And this unit is a 1967. Yeah. But that's all you hear about it. That's all you know about it. You don't really know if it's a 251 or a 265 or, a, you know, they made several different variants of the, the cubic inches of it. And every one of them looks the same. Okay. So I'm looking for an oil pump for this thing, and I come across, you know, I type in Chrysler Industrial, and and uh, I come across this oil pump, and then I run them. It's a, it's a uh, sure power or save power or something like that. Um uh, auto part. Okay. And <clears throat> I run the number. Come to find out that number fits over 750 different applications. For Chrysler, DeSoto, Oliver Tractor. Yeah, um, they, they were used, truly using the uh, <laughs> exchangeable I, I, parts model then. Yes, and you know what? It was for, uh, the 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 year of application is from 1935 to 1972. Hmm. <laughs> so, so I got a big kick out of that. I thought it was hilarious. Hmm. I just thought that was hilarious. <clears throat> um, I sent you one link, and then I'm going to send you. I'm going to put you in this uh, bushcraft. No, group. don't add me to any groups. Why? Because I am not a good group member. I am not a good forum member or group member. I am not the person to be in people's groups. Not a groupie, huh? I just, I do not do well on forums. Uh, and there's a bunch of different reasons, but one of the main ones is I am not afraid of being the only person who has a particular opinion. At all. And... Uh, that is not the way to be on the, <laughs> on the internet. So well, it's tough when you're always wrong. Exactly. So you know, it's uh, one of those things. I just am not good at internet groups, so I avoid them at all costs. Avoid uh, them like the plague, huh? Yep. I'm just no good at it. So I'm better at just kind of doing my own thing. Yeah. 
So what's the uh, um, what kind of skis did you end up getting? I okay, so I did a I did a thing on Facebook with a bunch of my uh, friends that are current skiers and that I used to ski with, so they kind of know um, what I used to like and all those sorts of things. So this is actually a funny story. I don't know if I've told it on the podcast before. But uh, I have a, an excellent pair of skis. It's a pair of uh, Solomon Keeps. And the year I bought it, uh, I, I bought them used from a downhill racer. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were like, uh, you, you know, it's got like these crazy bindings on them that you can't really get because they rat, you can ratchet them down too hard and a lot of people would have injuries and stuff. And the, there, these are like, this was like in the, I want to say it was like 95 or 96. So 20 year old skis. Uh, but they were perfect when I bought them because you could, uh, they were, they, uh, were 210 centimeters. So they're huge, long boards. And you could, I mean, you could, on a groomed run, you could go as fast as you wanted and just carve these huge turns on ice. They were perfect. Uh, I I had a little bit more trouble than with them in the moguls because they were so long, but I could ski moguls on them. I skied backcountry stuff on them. I mean, I just loved them. And I took them up to the shop in Petoskey uh, to see if they would just, if, see if I could get them to readjust the bindings, and I just needed to buy another pair of boots because my boots, the footbed is also 20 years old, and my foot has changed a bit. So that, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to buy a new footbed because also my foot grew some, and the boots are no longer comfortable. And the guy said, "Oh my God, I've never seen skis like these before. I've read about them. You know, it's like this like millennial like bro type, you know." <laughs> and uh it's like, oh man, I bet you can catch some uh, sufa or whatever. And I'm, he's using all these terms. I'm like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? He goes, let me take them in the back and show them to our installer, bro. And I'm like, okay. So he takes them back there, and he comes out, and like he's carrying them like it was like a big hot turd, like holding <laughs> them away from him and all this. And he says, these are illegal. And I'm like, what? Give me a break. He's like, no. We can't touch these. And I'm like, what are you even talking about? He says, they're outlawed. And I'm like, oh, come on. He says, no, the problem is, is that these bindings, like, there's no indemnity on them. And we can't adjust them. And we're like an official uh, Solomon dealer. And if we touch these bindings, like, we'll be in all this trouble. And I said, okay, well, I've got my wife and three kids in here. And we're outfitting for skis. If you want to sell anything you'll help me find a solution to this problem. And so we found a boot that kind of fit. And then he said, well, all you need to do is take a screwdriver and like just move the mount forward or whatever. So I'm going to do that with those. And then I'll have like officially outlaw skis. (laughs) (laughs) But then, you know, I got to talking to some people and they say, you know, guys that used to ski the same kind of big skis that I skied. Um, I had a friend that had like Olin Mark fives in the, the longest length. And we all used to ski like the longest, biggest skis we could because, you know, you could hold on ice and go faster because there's more surface area to spread your weight out. But uh, 
they've all switched over to these shaped skis. Yeah. And I did a bunch of uh, bunch of uh, research on it, and I finally settled on uh, uh, company Blizzard, and and the model is Brahma. And I bought it in one length shorter than the longest length, um, figuring that I'd try to do some more uh, moguls and stuff with them. Yeah. So should be good. Do, I used to ski Olin Mark fives. Yep. Back back in the day, that was in 1976. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I want to say that I. Well, had, those were probably Mark twos. <laughs> yeah. No, they were Mark fives. Really? Yeah. They were uh, Olin cool. Mark five comps. Cool. Or Mark IV comps. Yeah. Mark, Mark IV comps, maybe. Um, they were, um, I had Hanson boots, and uh, I think I had Solomon Bindrings, actually, back yeah. then. Mm-hmm. But. Well, I bought I bought new boots. I bought uh, a good model of Solomon because my foot is a little bit wider. I bought mm-hmm. the, the best model that I could get for my foot width. Uh, and I, I tried on a bunch of different boots, but this was from a bunch of different companies, but this was the one. And then for the bindings I bought, I managed to talk them into selling me a marker binding with as high of a tension rating as my mm-hmm. bindings on the other one. So that's good. I, I think I'm back up to speed, and uh, I'm not going to – when I go this weekend, I'm just going to use the blizzards, and then uh, after I get my ski legs back underneath me, then I'll break out my big bombers in like a neon, like nylon jumpsuit. <laughs> it's going nice. to be freaking awesome. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be total 90s redo. I might even get like a fake mohawk. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. I'll be doing it Glen Plake style. Yeah. Well, I don't think I'm going to be going skiing downhill anytime in the near future. Why? I don't know. We could go up to Nub's Knob. Yeah, I'm, I'm just up, not. Uh, I'm just not as agile as I used to be. Well, you don't have to be. They have all kinds of different hills. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I got my. Uh, I got my. Uh, my old. Skidoo Tundra running. Um, nice. Put a nice toolbox underneath it, so. I can underneath the seat, so if the seat flips up and you got a nice toolbox, I can put a come along in there and some other tools and some fire starting little emergency kit in case I get stranded somewhere. Sweet. Um, found our PWIP spot. We talked about that, didn't we? Yep. Good, good, uh, good little place to. Yep. 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 And uh, let's see what else. What else we got going on? What else? There's nothing else going on. It's just kind of quiet. Yep, that's good. Um, you had no, you had no. Uh, the word was no new Rocky movie, huh? Yeah. Okay. So, um, I, I actually have uh, kind of an acquaintanceship level um, relationship with David Morrell, uh-huh. right? I, I, I can't say he's like a friend, but we have, um, we have had some discussions over email and Facebook and things, and. Uh, so he let the news slip that, um, remember a while ago we were talking about the potential of there being a Rambo five. Mm-hmm. And then I actually, um, knew some people that were, were, um, talking to producers about the knife for the movie. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was given, I was asked for like some input 
Um, and believe me, nothing I was going to do was ever going to be in the movie. So I'm not saying that, but you know, I, so I had a little bit of, and we had a big long discussion on what right. it is about Rambo knives that, that makes right. them so good. And people can find those episodes, but anyway, so it turns out they're not going to make it cause, uh, Sylvester Stallone has, uh, um, some, He's just not feeling as spry as he once did, so he decided he didn't want to didn't want to do that. Uh, so there won't be respect that. You yeah, know, I, mean. I know. I mean, the guy's done like he's had like this amazing career and done all of these different things, and and honestly, like Rambo Four was a really damn good movie. Of all of them, I would say number one and number four were the best. You know, for for my tastes, mm-hmm. uh, and why I don't know how you could beat how you could go out on a higher note than that. You know, so right, right, yeah. Because even to this day, that's still a good, uh, still a good movie. The first one. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's an amazing movie, and the knife in that is awesome. Jimmy Lyle, of course, Gil Hibben did the rest of them. Um. Uh, or maybe Lyle did uh, the one for number two as well. It looks yeah, like I one of his. Did. Yeah. I think did. But uh, anyway, it's uh, one of these things. Uh, so I, somebody suggested well, one of my friends that's uh, a desert rat suggested that we do a contest. I don't know if you read any of that. Mm-mm. Where? Well, well the. He was suggesting that we run a contest of uh, uh, have our uh, listeners submit drawings of what they would like to see, what they would have liked the uh, fifth Rambo knife to be. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then we could uh, we could pick one or pick a couple of them that and uh, with uh, features that we like and make something like that. Right. And uh, yep. I'd certainly be willing to make one, um, uh, provided like I had the technical capability of doing it. I can't can't really do a hollow handle, but I'm sure I could make the blade and then have uh, Newton Martin or somebody do the handle part. Mm-hmm. Um, although it can't be that hard because you're just making a like a one inch uh, tang and then threading it with a die, right? And then you're taking a, a steel pipe. And tapping that with the right threads. I mean, I technically I probably could make that, but I can't make the teeth um, all that well, and I can't make a fuller. Right. So I could probably, I mean, even if even if somebody came up with something crazy, we know people that could do some of the work on that. Right. Did did uh, um, oh what the hell was I going to say? Hmm. I forgot what I was going to say. Not a big deal. Move on. Nothing to see here, folks. Well, so ah. so then the 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 question is, do you want to do that? Like yeah. have people send in? Uh, yeah. What? Yeah, we just can do something like that. Yeah, and fun. especially especially like people that um, you know that it'd be interesting to see what our audience comes up with. So if you want to uh, if you want to do that, uh, send an email to podcast at knifejournal dot com. And we'll see if we can't, uh, yeah, you know, after like, after a certain like amount fun. of time, pick pick 
a design that we think trips our trigger, and then I'll, I'll see if I can't get it made. Yeah. Uh, and I might even make two of them, one for the winner and one for me, <laughs> or one to sell to recoup the costs. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's uh, uh, I, I thought that's, he had a that really good idea. That actually sounds kind of fun. Yeah, for a contest, that'd be mm-hmm. kind of neat. And um, so you know what Jim and I are looking for if you if you go back and listen to those episodes. Right. Uh, we pretty much pretty much say what it is we think a knife should be like. Now the thing is, is like the reason I really liked the knives for three and four. Is for three, he was kind of in Afghanistan, and it seemed like uh, that knife that Hibben made was this big Bowie knife, but it looked like something you'd buy at a haji shop. Mm-hmm. You know, so it looked like something that was would, you could get that would be homemade in Pakistan or whatever like that. You know, uh, only like super duper high quality, but it had right. it kind of had that look about it. So it looks like something that's realistic for that plot. And then in the in the fourth one where he was in Burma, he used a, he basically forged a parang looking thing, and that to me was like it perfectly captured that plot and um, and uh, came up with uh, something that just absolutely hit the nail on the head. So hats off to Gil Hibben for both of those. So I guess the thing is is like we we'd kind of have to base it on. Like, what do we want to say the plot is? Well, I think that I think it was determined that the plot was going to be on the Mexican border, correct? I honestly, I don't remember, but let's say it I is. Thought, I thought it was. He was uh, winding down his life and uh, was working for a rancher on the on the, and whether it was in Arizona or Texas, okay. I don't know. Probably Arizona, right? And well, uh, I, I, and he was out. Working fences and the I, Mexican I, I'd, cartel. I'd heard some stuff like that, but I know all of that may have changed. So I'm not saying I know what the plot is, um, mm-hmm. but that was that was something that I'd heard from somebody. I did not hear that from David Morell, and I know that over the last year or so, David Morell has been talking to Sylvester Stallone, and they actually came up with a script idea. Oh. And had gone over some stuff. They'd spent a lot of hours doing it. So I don't know if what they were actually going to do ended up being that. But let's say, let's say uh, Rambo's working as a ranch hand uh, on the southern border, say Ironwood National Forest. Okay, I've actually been there uh, and actually done the border thing because I was doing an article. Um, and, and the guy I did that with is the guy that suggested this contest. So to honor him, um, let's just say the plot is Rambo's now a ranch hand and, uh, he goes and finds his, you know, a bunch of, uh, drug lords come and take over the area and Rambo goes to his chest and pulls out his go to war knife. I want the go to war knife, not the one that he's carrying as a ranch hand. Um, so what is that, folks? Come up with a design, submit it, and we'll see if we can't get it made. And if, if there's features on it that I can't do, I will find somebody that can do it. Right. Maybe even do it at a grind-in. Uh, the, the, the only thing that I can't do would be the, the machined features, and I don't think they can do that up there, can they? No. Yeah, so, well, they, I, it's not that they don't have the capability. It's just how are we going to get that done 
you know, in a weekend or whatever. Right. So anyway, that's the contest. Um, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, it'll be kind of fun. Yeah. So submit them to uh, podcast at knifejournal.com. Yep. All right. Well, actually, I had designs on getting out to my shop here for a couple All hours. Right. Yeah, and i got to plow some snow before it turns to absolute shit later on. So yep. um, so I guess that's we're going to call this a wrap. It's an hour. And, it's a pretty good and, podcast. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, next time I'll be a little more fired up politically, I think. Yeah, I almost don't even want to go there. I'm in like this state of bliss where I'm so tired that I ignore it. <laughs> Are you coming up next week? Next week is what? Uh, oh, yeah, I am in Petoskey. On Thursday? Okay. Yeah. We'll have to, maybe we can do another one next week. Hopefully right. people will send in entries and we can talk about what we got. All right. Sounds good. And we can look okay, at Okay, so um, check us out on uh, on Facebook. Um, friend Kyle, K.R. Verstig, and myself, James Noka. Um, send us emails at podcast at knifejournal.com. Uh, check out the our webpage at knifejournal.com. And uh, with that, I guess we're going to say keep your friends sharp and your knives sharper. Yep. No, the other way. Knife. Keep your knife sharp and your friends sharper. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't win the Powerball either, guys, so I'm going to be doing this for a while. Okay, so here's what I want to do. If Okay, so we were talking about this in the OR today because, you know, you're there and it's like a three-hour surgery. And it's, for me, the surgery that I was doing is extremely routine. I can do it in my sleep. So you have to, you have to talk about something that keeps your attention, right? Uh-huh. And so we were talking about what we do with our Powerball winnings. Okay, so... Here was number one. Uh, if I won $1.4 billion, there's a river that runs through Traverse City, a tiny, tiny river, but it's like in spots it's only a foot deep, right? Mm-hmm. So number one, I'm dredging that river. Number two, I'm buying a massive cigarette boat. Uh, and I'm going to get a white suit, that your linen suit that you roll up the sleeves and like a pastel T-shirt to wear underneath it. And socks, <laughs> no socks with uh, some loafers, right? And uh, I'm going to grow like a week's worth of stubble. And I'm going to cruise up and down that thing with In the Air Blast, In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins blasting from my uh, radio. And then that's that's not going to be all that much money, like three or four million bucks to do all of that, right? So then they said, well, you got a lot of money left. And I said, okay, well, here's what else I'm going to do. I'm going to hire a team of engineers to take Power Island and turn it into a volcano. And then I'm going to have them hollow out the volcano and put an evil villain's lair in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, we had a good time with all everything we do. That's funny. So what what would you do? What would I do? Yeah. I would be I would be boring, I think. I would uh I would probably Take my Jeep and put a big lift kit on it, big fat tires, one that's that's big enough to float the vehicle. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then I would drive it across Lake Michigan and be the first person to drive across Lake Michigan. Nice. Um, I would get a... Have to uh, pick a calm day. Well, no, I would do it I would do it over the ice. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about on the water. No, I meant, I meant when it's froze over. 
Because mm. nobody ever does that because they're afraid. Because ice shifts. But if you have a if you have a tire if you have tires big enough that you can you won't sink if you fall through. You just have to jack it up. Right. Get back up on the ice. But and then I would do that. That's eighty miles of pure hell. And then uh, what else would I would do? I would. Um, I think I would build the biggest uh, rifle range, indoor rifle range. A thousand yards. A thousand yard indoor rifle range. I think yep. that would be kind of fun. Um, fully, fully I would still automated. Be, I would still be an asshole, <laughs> you know, but I would be an asshole with a tank. Yeah, and money. <laughs> <laughs> I would be an asshole with a tank. Yeah. Yep. I would get a tank. I would license it, drive it down the road. Yeah. And I would say... Second Amendment rights. <laughs> yeah. Actually, there are people who own tanks. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure, there's nothing Everybody says, well, you shouldn't. Uh. No, people actually do own that stuff. Yeah, there's nothing. I mean, it's just a yeah. freaking rifle. Hunter S. Thompson used to own, like, artillery, like actual yeah. artillery to shoot down planes and stuff. Yeah. Well, they're, they're a rifle. Yeah. Just a you really know, sem- big one. <laughs> semi- yeah, just a real big one. Yeah. Semi-automatic rifle. You used to be able to – I remember when I was a kid – you used to be able to buy a 20 millimeter cannon in the back of Boy's Life. Yeah, yeah. That, there's a great movie. Uh, everybody needs to watch it. It's it's uh, a Clint Eastwood movie. It's got Clint Eastwood and uh, I think Jeff Bridges in it, and of course all of the people, George Kennedy, all the people that were in a lot of uh, Clint Eastwood's movies. What you want is a movie called Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yep. That's a. That's a. That's then a I would, great way. Um, they shoot open a bank vault with a 20-millimeter cannon. <laughs> yeah. Then I would build a uh, – I would get a Penskauer. What's that? That's a that's a Swedish uh, four-wheel drive um, military vehicle. Okay. They're very cool. They look like a bus kind of. Right. Um, what else would I get? Uh, it's, I don't know. I would buy it. I would buy one of the islands. I think out in Lake Michigan. Would you would you build a super villain? Eh, you know what? I I wouldn't. I don't know as I would need to because I would have I would oh I would, man I would put alligators in the in the motor on the outside. Yeah, of it. mine would totally have the, and that, the table. And, and alligators in my moat would be all of Lake Michigan. Mine would totally have the table that like opens up and then <laughs> out of the middle pops this 3D model of all my like evil plans and stuff. It'd That's be funny. Great, and I'd have the chairs that like sink into the floor. If somebody doesn't agree with my evil plans. <laughs> <laughs> Have that like on Goldfinger, that one yeah. model that flips over upside down. <laughs> yeah, and it's like Fort Knox and it shows yeah. everything. This yeah. is yeah. I'm totally having all of that. Yep. Yeah. And a tram yeah. system inside to like move my evil goods around. You know what I would do? I would buy every... Uh... Oh, stop. I have to edit that out. Why? I can't. We cannot do that. I'm editing that out. Okay, so next. Well, I might as well say the rest of it then. If well, what else would you out. do besides um, that? You get one more evil wish, but not that. You one. know what I think I would do? I think it would be a lot of fun. I think I would like to go on an expedition to the North Pole. Yeah, that'd be fun. You'd have the I money think to do it. That would be fun, and it's not too evil. And you know, I think that would be fun. And and I think, to be honest, I would travel. Yeah, that's what. And I, when I say I have an evil villain fortress, this is all in jest. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not a bad guy. You know, one of the things I did when I was in high school, I had to write a story. Um, my first uh, first ever thing that I ever published, mm-hmm. and it was a 
it was a story about a trip that I would take if I if I could afford to do it. And it was uh, basically the story was a uh, uh, I bought a jeep and I rigged it up so that I could carry more fuel in it so I could go a greater distance and I packed it up with with camping gear and I and I did a cross country trip. Nice. And basically was hitting all the different states in the union and telling all it because I tra- I traveled quite a bit when I was a kid so I knew a lot of stories so I could write stories about different spots that we had been in. Mm-hmm. And so I think I would do that. I think I would um, maybe buy a, an Airstream Bambi, one of those little yeah. little baby Airstreams. Yeah, I've seen And those. pull it behind my Jeep and just freaking travel state to state. That'd be fun. And check out every damn good restaurant that I could eat in. Nice. And I would wear tennis shoes and say, if they wouldn't let me in, I'd make a big stink. Cool. <laughs> you know, because I was in Chicago one time. Yeah, this has happened to me there too. Yeah, and yeah. You, and if you don't, if you if you're walking around, you know you don't want to wear nice shoes when you're walking around. So we go to this piano bar, red redhead piano bar, probably. Yes. Yeah. And they would not let me in because I had tennis shoes on. Well, there's I, we places were dressed that, up nice. But yeah, there's, we, I had. There's places yeah. that won't let you in unless you're wearing dress clothes there. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny, but. Anyways, all right. Well, that's it for for this this episode. We'll. Uh, We'll catch up with you next time, and uh, remember, guys, just get outside and have fun. Yep.